Hey guys, welcome to the Rental Property Hangover, the podcast from property managers talking about real estate, owning, investing, managing. Welcome to the show. My co-host, Travis Castle, Joe Watkins here. I didn't think you'd ever get to me, Joe. Hey man, good to see you again on the Rental Property Hangover. It's been a while, um, but today we've got a topic that, are you okay with just jumping right into the topic early on the show, by the Always way? Always Are you sure? Okay. So Short show. Look, today we're sitting at the end of January, 2021. Sounds weird to say, 2021. And uh, COVID-19 still ravaging the country here. Um, and we're still dealing with it as landlords. So there has been an extension. I actually think this happened in December, didn't it, Joe? But there was an extension of the eviction moratorium. This is a national extension through the end of March, March 31st. Now, well, let's be clear. This is the the CDC uh, extension uh, right. that the CDC grabbed a hold of from when Trump allowed for eviction, eviction moratoriums, and the CDC put one in place. It's been extended a couple times, and now that's right. Biden has extended it through the end of March. So we actually had the CARES Act back in, what, April of this year, which brought all this to light. We started dealing with eviction moratoriums then, and that's right. This is actually going through the CDC now. It's amazing the power of the CDC now and what goes through them. But this is going through them, and we're having to deal with it. So the show today is how do we as landlords, how do we as real estate investors deal with owning long-term rental properties with tenants in the properties when, frankly, we're being told by the government that we can't evict these tenants? What are the repercussions of that? How do you handle that? What are some strategies perhaps to still get what you need to make it a win-win situation? So, uh, Joe, uh, r- right now, I'm going to go through a little bit of the process real quick. If you have a tenant that's not paying and what's allowed legally uh, to, under the law here. So there's a few things. One of which, by the way, different from the CARES Act, uh, we just talked to our property manager to, to get the download on this information. That would be, by the way, Yes, I Rent Property Management, Joe. Uh, thank we you. are sponsored by thank Yes, you. I Rent thank Property you. Management. Yeah. Thank you, Tracy Brown, who gave us this uh, updated information. But different from the CARES Act, you, you can charge late fees. The CARES Act prohibited late fees, but uh, right now you can charge late fees under this situation. And the tenant still owes rent. An eviction moratorium doesn't mean that there's confusion around this area, that somehow the rent is not due. The rent is due. The rent is accumulating, but your ability to evict someone is really the discussion here. Um, so there's this form out there, and I've, I've had owners call me in the last uh, couple of months, uh, prospective people to come on board with our property management company, and there's this awareness around this idea that there's something the tenant can do to not be evicted. Well, and what they can do is they, they, they have to fill out a form that's it's provided by the CDC, is it not? It's a, it it's a form. Yep. And in this form, it is a sworn affidavit that they're filling out. They're actually signing at the end and swearing to the truth in this affidavit form. Uh, that, and there's, there's a lot of things in the form, but one of them is, is that COVID-19 has been a direct effect on their ability not to pay rent. And they're swearing to this. The CDC declaration form. That's right. So COVID-19 has affected them in some way. Uh, I think it even says that that moving, uh, that being evicted in that manner can affect them. And so in, 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 in any respect, if the tenant signs this form, the net of this whole conversation is your eviction is off. Now, does it mean if they sign it uh, before court 
It doesn't mean if they sign it somewhere in the price. It means all the way up to the point that you have been to court, you have the paperwork you need, the sheriff shows up, the tenant is still on the property, the sheriff knocks on the door, and the tenant presents the sheriff with this signed form. The sheriff will stop the eviction at that You're point. saying, are you saying that as a landlord or, or property manager, we're going to go ahead and go fall through with the eviction, and it's not until it gets to that point that it's, that it's going to be shared? I'm saying at any time prior to you taking possession of the property, if the tenant I see. shares that form. They might not have given it to you ahead of time. You started eviction. That's exactly right. Sheriff shows up. They have it. That's right. They're stopping. That's right. In fact, you're required to... Uh, and, and you sign under uh, uh, possible perjury that you send the tenant notification that you have not received that form. So we, when we go to evict a tenant now, we actually have to go all the way through the process. We have to send the tenant notification. Hey, I haven't received your CDC declaration form. We have to alert them. <laughs> so you see where this is going. This is really restricting your right. The date of March 31st, uh, again, we're sitting here on January, in at the end of January. I don't think anybody believes March 31st is when this ends. Um, no, I mean, uh, this was in, in Biden's first day sort of declarations that he's going to extend this. And th- this is just to get him through to the, to the next 90 days. Uh, all, all landlords are asking us, what does this mean? What can I do? Uh, is there going to be any relief for us as landlords? Uh-huh. Um, I mean, what's your, what is your, your primary suggestion for all the landlords out there that own rental property in eviction? Well, what, what should they be doing right now? One of my biggest, uh, one of the things I want to, uh, highlight here is that irregardless of the dates that you hear surrounding this, even if there is a hard stop on March 31st, that doesn't mean you have any real ability to get into court to actually get the eviction done because these courts are so far behind. One of the counties that we serve is literally hearing court cases that were filed March of last year. So I just want to frame it in that way because that, that helps us understand what should we do hearing that. And there are, you know, so we're a property management company. We, we gotta, uh, we gotta figure, figure this out. Now there's a, a couple of things that I would, a couple of different situations I would talk to to begin with. If you have a vacant rental property or you have an upcoming vacancy right now, tenants, current, Tenant's going to move out of the property. You've got a vacant property. One of the things we've already done, Joe, uh, we did this months ago, is we looked at our our credit standards to approve a new tenant, right? So, I mean, preventative measures, if you have a vacant property, obviously prevention's always the best to go, a way to go in anything. So we raised our credit standards. We basically decided we want a uh, a better tenant. We, we want somebody that is more yeah, predictable. It, it, to me, this has been the highlight conversation really out of this whole year is we, we, we now have proof that we are not in control completely. Oh yeah, sure. And so once that tenant's in place, but we are in control before they're in place right now, outside of the protected uh, statuses of discrimination, which we would never want to rush up against. There are plenty of things that we can do to discriminate the quality of our tenant. Sure. Credit score. Um, we can look at even what industry they work in. By the nature of tenant screening, we're, we're, we're screening doing all this. Yeah, we're, we're screening, screening people. So, right. 
Um, we can look at what industry they work in. Uh, we can look at how long they've been somewhere. We can look at how long they've been in that industry. We can look at how much cash they have sitting in savings accounts or bank accounts or other places that we may can grab. Um, we can get personal guarantees that we can attach to some of those assets. Do they own property anywhere else? Mm-hmm. Can they pledge property? Co-signers. I mean, co-signers. I mean, there's a lot of other things we can do to stack the deck. But what we need to do is be stacking the deck right now because if you get the wrong person in, you may be in a situation where they're going to be living there for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so some interesting tidbits in terms of, hey, how do you kind of fire back here? Let's say you're in this. So, so that's the vacant property owner. Let's talk about if you're in this situation. Okay. So the tenant's been in the house. You haven't received rent in a couple of months. And you know what? Even historically, the way this goes a lot of times is tenant just shuts you out. You're getting no communication. So you've got to do something here. Now, here's an interesting note. I don't know that this would make a lot of people feel better, although certain parts of the country – this would apply more than our area. So one of the things Tracy, our property manager, uh, told told me that they actually have put, a uh, as so many things in our government are going to now, they've put a ceiling on income. <laughs> so you're not protected at a certain income level if you're a tenant. If you're a single individual and you make $99,000 or more, None of this applies to but you. But you're protected at $75,000. you are protected at $98,999. <laughs> wow. If you're, if you're uh, married or you're joint on the lease, it's $198,000 household income. Hey, look, there's some leases out there that people. So anyway, uh, that's a possibility. So are you suggesting that our minimum income requirement <laughs> is... $100,000 for a single person. <laughs> so that's an easy answer. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, have an awareness of that if you deal in high-end rentals. One of the things, again, uh, that if you have a property right now and you've got a tenant in the home, you've got to decide what is, you know, and this is one thing I can tell you from dealing with this for years, there's a daily amount. We, we deal with this usually, Joe, we think about properties that go vacant. There's a per day loss here, right? So mm-hmm. one of the things I would think about mm-hmm. if I had a property and I was in this situation would be what is my potential loss here? I mean, are we talking it could take me six months, eight months, a year of lost rent to get the tenant out of the house? So, look, the banks have been doing this for years. This became really popular back during the, you know, the recession uh, period, 2008 to, what, 2014 or so, where banks were offering cash for keys. Mm-hmm. This would not be my knee-jerk first reaction, but I, I, I want to speak real quick to just we've exhausted every other conversation This is a financial here. decision. I mean, if you're in a yeah. place where you feel like in the next 10 months you can't get rid of somebody, is there a dollar value that 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 is less than what that's going to cost to move them on? That's what and that's is. a good decision. Yeah. I mean, if you can make that work. Cash for keys. Do the math. Uh, what What is that uh, worth for you? There's some details to the act here that you should be aware of. So you can evict. So, so we're speaking right now of non-payment of rent. There's lots of reasons why we may evict a tenant or why a tenant has breached a lease. The, the traditional reason is non-payment of rent. Under this act, we can still evict people for what we call holding over. What, what is holding over, Joe? What does that mean? You're saying they went past the, 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 lease, the lease date. The lease has expired and right. they're still in the property. We call that a holdover tenant. Don't yeah. put me on the spot like that. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I felt like, <laughs> like that perhaps could have been a basic uh, question here. But 
So the, the tenant's still in the house after the lease expiration date. You can evict that tenant. There's nothing that prohibits you from evicting that tenant, which is kind of interesting. Criminal activity. Now, I don't know if you got to have a police report here. That might be something. All this, by the way, would, to me, be something to consult an attorney over. Criminal activity. Um, one thing that perhaps, if it's not in your lease, should be in your lease, is the owner's right to terminate the lease early. So let's talk about that for a minute, Joe, because mm-hmm. this is something that uh, we really need to think about. If I have this in my lease, and again, check your lease, then I can give this tenant notice at any point during the lease, not necessarily at the end of my lease. And I can tell them a lot of times there's a pre-agreed upon price that I'm going to pay the tenant after they've moved out of the property to terminate the lease early. At any time, I can give them notice to vacate during the lease. And then if they don't vacate, they become a holdover tenant that's eligible to to be evicted. Um, so kind of a... So are you saying the CDC uh, regulation here is, is not effective on... They can't use that for holdover? Yeah. Holdover is excluded. You can't... You, well, that's, that's yeah. a huge deal. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge deal. So... Absolutely, early terminations are, are a way to do do that. Even if you're you're going to go on month to month, guys. The month to month, if you're trying to get them out and not paying, you don't let them go on month to month. You give them a termination. Now they may be a holdover tenant because they they didn't get out, but you're saying we can still evict. The problem is Travis, and, and this goes back to being careful who you put in. The problem is local municipalities and counties are scared to evict. That's right. So even though the CDC requirement says, well, you, you can evict and hold, hold over tenant, they may not evict, and they're behind. So it still may be very many months right. before this occurs. So, I mean, I think, I think, I think the, the lesson here is that, that who we put in matters uh, a, lot, a lot more than it ever did. Um, I, I want to say this about, about the reason, this is something to think about, the reason the CDC did the eviction moratorium. Because again, who, who is a CDC? I mean, they are about health and public, public health safety. So they did it because they, they believe that if, you know, hundreds of thousands or, uh, or even more people are evicted, they can't afford to be anywhere else, they'll end up in public shelters and the spread of COVID-19 would occur. I mean, this is why they use sure. the law. That's right why the CDC used they'll, the law. They'll move in with other families. And right. So the spread of it yeah. continues. So the, so the thing that, 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 that should combat this is the vaccine. You know, the vac as a vaccine, and it's supposed to be moving at a, at a million doses a day. I'm, I mean, that's, that's true. But if, if my tenant's three months behind, I mean, the, you know, and this changes every day. So by the time we publish this, who knows, but we're, we're talking summertime, late summer, as far as like the younger population, you know, getting this. So I, I feel like we're going to be living with this very much through the summer. But, but again, but why it's in place is because shelters would spread COVID-19. Sure. If, if vaccines are now ready, readily available to anyone who wants to take it, they could, they, I don't see how the CDC can, can continue this, this moratorium. Well, I mean, I think you and I both know this falls more under the political. But we are in a political anything. environment that, we, that, that may not be landlord-friendly. And on that note, 
Unless you got something else to say. Well, I got, I got one more, one more on quick thing. Note, one, one more thing that right. you got to consider here. When a tenant doesn't pay rent, the owner's first inclination is just anger. So, so, so my thoughts are work through that part of it as quick as you can. Show as much empathy as possible to the individual that's there. I wouldn't make just an assumption that they're not perhaps really laid off or affected by this virus. And, and showing that empathy during that conversation, if you're talking to your tenant, perhaps will lead to a better conclusion for you in, in the long run. So, you know, uh, evictions and angry landlords kind of go together. That's a natural reaction. You might want to table that in, in, in this situation and uh, see if that doesn't work out. That is our update today on the CDC eviction moratorium. This is Joe Watkins, Travis Castle. Thank you for watching the Rental Property Hangover, sponsored by Yes, I Rent. You can find us at yesirent.com. We are residential property managers in the Atlanta metro area. Mm -hmm.